Hello, everybody. It is a Monday. It is MLK Day, and we are here. We are here. Normally, I say until 3, or if they fire us today, until 2.30. Wolves and Utah, Cal Sodaquist and Alan Horton with the pregame. That's at 2.30, then the uh, tap from Target Center at 3.10. Do I sound the same, Dave Harrigan, because I purchased new Sony Headphones, my Sony headphones falling apart. The thought that we had a radio station, the legendary radio station would have other headphones. Silly me to think that. But I now have headphones on where the earpieces, one earpiece had already fallen off completely and I have to just kind of hold it up there. And another one was about to fall off. This has nothing to do with the microphone, but I now can hear so much better. You sound excellent, and you sound like a guy who's kind of like me, waiting till the very last possible second of something to work before finally biting the bullet and replacing it. I think that was your influence on me. I, I think, think so. Is, is that also the influence with the Vikings and KOC and the defense? That, <laughs> oh, man, we could have repaired this defense, but no. No, we'll get to it in the uh, in the offseason. Well, maybe. Chad Arman. Henry Lake will uh, follow the Wolves, I'm assuming. Like, you normally Henry's on, you know, for a lot of times he's got to do that pre-show. He's got to do the post-show. I mean, a la common back in the day. Does uh, Henry go hit balls? You know, because sometimes he does the 6 to 6.30, then the Wolves play, and then he does another half hour. I think he'll just have his regular show now, and he'll probably talk a fair amount about the Vikings, not as much about the Timberwolves. We'll talk Vikings here at the start. We'll talk about the Vikings with Chip Scoggins at uh, 2.05. Obviously, Dave Harrigan here, as always. A little bit of a theme early, Dave Harrigan, although I've got uh, nugget after nugget after nugget on the purple if we want to just – we could do a purple fan line here. One play changes everything. And can you still blame Rick Spielman? I'm going to let you start. You can pick. Would you like me to start with, it's like I'm the game show host and you're the participant. Normally it's vice versa. One play changes everything. Or can you still blame Spielman? Let's go to Dave. Dave, which category would you like first? Both very intriguing. I will take, can you still blame Rick Spielman for 500, Alex? I like it. I like it. I'd like to do that uh, bonus uh, double jeopardy. Ding, 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 ding. You know, I mean, then all of a sudden you get more here. You can bet it all. So uh, last time I checked, Rick Spielman is no longer the Vikings general manager. Is that still correct? Nothing happened. I'm on the Twitter machine right now. I don't believe he's the guy. We've got we've got a new guy. We have no reports that any change has been made. So... I went back and looked this up. Chip and I talked about this a lot during the off uh, last year. <clears throat> and so this isn't like I'm the first person to bring this up, but it stands out again when we're all sautéing Ed Donatel. Better chance I'm the defense coordinator next year than Ed Donatel. But guess what, boys and girls? Talent is the bigger issue. Your friends, oh, I've got the volume on the uh, handy-dandy laptop here. Boom, I'm going to hit the mute. Your uh, your old gig at the score 
who came up with the bit? Did you did you come up with a bit or did Judd come up with a bit where it was percentage of accountability or responsibility? What was it called again? <laughs> That's a long time ago. Uh, the pie chart. Pie chart. Pie chart That's of blame it. and pie chart of praise. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I couldn't tell you who came up with that. Maybe me, yes. maybe Phil, maybe Judd. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. For the Vikings, defense woes, 87% for me is on talent. 13% is on easy ed. But what a shock. A coach is going to be scapegoated. And that's, by the way, I have no problem with that, by the way. Okay, I have no problem with uh, you got to go. And let's also remember this. And KOC is everybody's favorite right now, everybody's darling. Kevin O'Connell hired Ed Donatel. Kevin O'Connell wanted to go to the 3-4. So I don't get why Kevin O'Connell is free from criticism of the defense. He's the bleeping head coach. So it can't be, oh, KOC was amazing. He was He's good looking. He gives the upbeat speeches. And the offense was great. All three are true, by the way. But he's also has, uh, I like to say this, I gave Harry this idea years ago. The buck stops with him. So it's not like KOC is free from any criticism on the defense. But here we go on Spielman. In 2015, they draft Trey Waynes, Eric Kendricks, and Daniil Hunter. Trey Waynes, while he was here, was a competent cornerback. Eric Kendricks, until this year, has been a great linebacker. He's not the same player. He is definitely slower, and it's also very plausible that the 3-4 isn't a fit. And Daniil Hunter, before the multiple injuries, was a monster. And it seems like, you know, the numbers look good for Daniil Hunter, Dave. The hoity-toity grades seem good. He just doesn't have the same impact he had a couple years ago, right? I mean, just the eye test on that one? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Eye test says, yeah, still a pretty good player, but not the force he was. No, not close. Since then, they haven't come close to drafting an impact, high-end, rock-solid starter. Not even just a guy you say, he's good, he's solid, not a single guy. 16, the only defensive player of any significant, Mackenzie Alexander. 17, Adenapo. 18, Hughes, Why am I, Mike Hughes. Now he got hurt, and he's still in the league, but, you know, maybe if he doesn't get hurt. 2019, Armin Watts and Chris Boyd. I'm telling you, these are the best of the best. 20. Now, Jeff Gladney, it's terrible tragedy. He's, 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 he's dead way too soon in his life. Let's not forget, he also had legal issues, and the Vikings released him. Okay? So in that 20 draft, there are some, there are some names like Cam Dantzler. We don't even know if he's a starter, but he can play in the league. DJ Wanham, he's just a guy. It's James Lynch, right, the the big lug in the middle. He's just a guy. And Metellus, 
Looks like a great secondary guy. I mean, great uh, special teams guy. We have no idea if he's a quality defense player. 21, Patrick Jones and Cam Bynum. They're just guys. And last year, they got a bunch of defensive players, but almost all of them hurt. So, and, and some of them had injury histories before. Dave, you can't go 16 draft, 17 draft, 18 draft, 19 draft, 20 draft, 21 draft, 22 draft, seven straight drafts, and you don't add a single starter you can count on, let alone an impact player, let alone a stud. And again, 22, let's put, I guess, for now in a separate category. Let's not forget, Lewis Seen couldn't beat out Cam Bynum. Now, we've watched guys who it took them a while to become a starter, and then they turned out to great players. Maybe that would happen for Seen. Maybe he would have been starting if he doesn't suffer his horrific injury. But, Dave, going back to when Chip and I would debate this, Zimmer versus Spielman, and again, your pie chart. You, Phil, and, and Judd in the pie chart. Again, I'm not letting Zim off the hook because defense guru, that's why he's here. Funny. Zimmer's a lot better when Harrison Smith is younger or Xavier Rhodes is a stud or Kendricks is in his prime or Anthony Barr is there. And Daniil Hunter is Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin is Everson Griffin. But when you swing and miss and swing and miss and swing and miss. So I got it when smart NFL people say, why is there so much confusion in this secondary? And why isn't he blitzing more? And why is the three, four the way to go? And why isn't Ed Donatel making adjustments? And when Ed Donatel is telling people, you're going to like what you see on Sunday, or he's telling Fox, Hey, when it matters, we really stop him. I mean, we could hit the laugh track for both those comments. But, Dave, this is by far a talent issue compared to a scheme issue because I don't believe if a different coordinator would have come in and they also would have played the 3-4 where they would have been significantly better. So for me, it's a, it's talent much more than Donatel. But Dave, what happens in sports all the time? The coach takes the blame so often, including the coordinator. You can't miss this much, Dave. You just can't. I knew it wasn't good as far as the drafting defenders goes. When you lay it out like that, it's horrible. Holy smokes it's bad wow i that's yes. seven in a row absolutely just nothing atrocious failures yeah i i, I mean, mean anyone on social media yesterday during the game and afterwards just tweet after tweet after facebook message or whatever it was about ed donatel ed donatel this is terrible gotta get rid of him might be true but man i I don't remember Harrison Smith missing tackles before like he did yesterday. You know, and it's not Eric just him. Kendrick. It's like you said, Eric Kendricks looking slow. Yeah. Harrison Smith looks slow. I mean, 
the studs yeah. you're talking about on this defense are the same guys you've been talking about for the last yes. four, five, six seasons. That can't happen in the NFL. It just can't. If you just look at from 16 to 21, and again, let's see what happens with 22. One and a half starters. Cam Bynum, who, you know, seems mediocre. And Cam Dantzler, who, you know, has had personal issues, temper issues, size issues, getting burned issues. You can't go that long and not get a starter. No. It would seem like, Dave, if you tried, you'd stumble into a starter. Okay. So Dave picked category, can you still blame Spielman? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, even though, by the way, uh, Kwesi made moves, right? He uh, he also made moves, and some of them worked to some level, and some of them absolutely did not. Let's get to the other one. One play basically reinforces what you thought before. We'll come back with that. You want to chime in through a text? You absolutely can. We'll take phone calls later. 651-461-9226. You want to disagree? You want to say this talent's not that bad? You want to say, bring Ed back? Maybe Ed wants to text in and say that. Cities one talking text line, 651-461-9226. Dave, you want to tell who we have as our bumper music theme today? Your idea? I mean, this is this is Sade. This is some love-making music, Chad. Felt like you were in the mood. What do you mean, was? Come on. <laughs> well, at least when you texted me earlier. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday, Sade. Sade, whose voice is angelic. I mean, amazing. Did you see how I didn't even look how old Sade is? Ooh, I will uh, double check because I know I saw it. No, I can't remember. She looks noticeably younger than she is. Among the uh, text, Vikings big knockers and defense were invisible too. Kendricks, Hunter, Peterson, Harry. Defense made one play yesterday. Made Daniel Jones look like a superstar. Giants were ready to let him walk, declined his rookie option. Texture's 100% right. Another text. Average team deceiving 13-4 record. Chokes when the win counts. That's the story of the Vikings. I don't think they were that much better than the Giants. I thought they'd win. I thought they were a little bit better than the Giants because the Giants, God, their last three wins, I mean, it was Commanders, Colts, and somebody else terrible. So... This this wasn't a choke. If the fraud community, Dave Harrigan, the Vikings are frauds. I mean, they're puffing out their chest today, aren't oh, they? Oh yeah. They're very happy with themselves. <laughs> yes. Vindication, baby. All right, let's get to the play. Fourth down, you throw the play five yards before the first down marker when your season is on the line. So that's it. One play. And it reinforces. Let's get to the offensive line part of this, too. Dexter Lawrence, he is a bad, bad man. Horrible pass interference call, uh, uh, roughing the passer call on him on the same drive. I, I guess he's supposed to, 
as he's approaching Kirk, say, excuse me, Mr. Cousins, can I place you down? Like he's got a massive break. He didn't put a select comfort under Kirk before he dropped him to the the turf. (laughs) Honestly, what was he supposed to do? So on the play, when it's fourth and eight, Dexter Lawrence destroys Ezra Cleveland. Are we done saying he's fantastic too? And they got they got two very good offensive tackles. One, by the way, with an Achilles injury, which is pretty concerning for his future. Cleveland, just a guy. Bradbury, just a guy. And Ingram wasn't good. So you doubted the offensive line going in the year. There were many times during that game you doubted. Dexter Lawrence himself had eight pressures on Cousins. So, Cousins, without a hesit- without a doubt, was rushed on the play. Did you send me a shot? Shot day is 64. 64 oh today. How about that? God, how is that possible? We could only look that good at 64. My goodness. Oh, my God. How about 34? We could only look so good. <laughs> 64. So, she might be again. She can join uh, John Stamos and others right now. The youngest for their ages. I mean, she might be the champ. So let's let's point this out. Cousins is without a doubt rushed. And before that throw, I tweeted out, and I don't think anybody was pushing back. Other things that Cousins was brilliant throughout most of that game yesterday. Great throw. After great throw, after great throw. Now, is it inexplicable to throw it that short on fourth and eight? Of course it is. Of course it is. We've had 94 people analyzing the play on Twitter, and by now you can see it. I I don't get why they left Jefferson line up by himself on that side of the field where it's so much easier to double-team. And I don't get how invisible Jefferson became. I mean, we can spend some time on that here, too. He has four catches on the first drive when they go down the field as easy as can be. And he's in motion a bunch. Why isn't Jefferson in motion that play? Why isn't Jefferson bunched with Thielen and Osborne so it's tougher to double him? That's where KOC deserves heat. I am far from the only person saying it, and there are Hall of Fame quarterbacks who are saying the same thing. So now Jefferson's running a deep out route, and he's got two people on him. Would I have preferred if I'm betting on the Vikings? Okay, here's Hawkinson with a guy right behind him, five yards short, and he's facing Kirk. He doesn't even have any momentum going that way. Uh, on that one, do I throw it to Jefferson, double-teamed over Hawkinson? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. At the top, you have Thielen running a sideline route on a deep route, which I don't understand at all in fourth and eight, unless it's just to take away um, coverage away from Osborne. In the end, Osborne 
he's where the ball should have been thrown. But if he goes Zapruder on it, and it's frame by frame, Dave, as Dexter Lawrence is about to hit Cousins, who has hit more than any quarterback has been hit since they've been charting things, and has hung in there incredibly well this year. And coming into this year, I wasn't exactly leading the Kirk Cousins camp. Got a very good season, I believe. And took a lot of abuse. So, sure, if he's got another extra beat, you can see that Osborne, not, doesn't, Dave doesn't break wide open, but he breaks open. But what happens? It's check down Kirk. He loses in a playoff game. He loses a nationally televised game. And it reinforces if you're down on Kirk Cousins. It's just the totality which cannot be forgotten. But it's hard to, if you're a Vikings fan, observer, media type, diehard fan, it's hard to not look at that play and say, really? That's where it goes? But you also can look at it. And as I pointed out, Harrigan, you can put some of that on KOC and put some of it on the offensive line. To take Kirk completely off the hook? Hell no. No. But there are other things that are befuddling and baffling about it. But, again, if it's... Taking a chance on Jefferson, double team, not looking open at all, by the way. Or Hawkinson facing you with a defender right behind him. Now, maybe Cousins doesn't see the defender. I throw it to Jefferson. Ideally, would be Osborne. I don't even know if he had a chance to look that way, to be honest, because it was pretty quick. But when, if you're of the mindset, Dave, you don't believe in Cousins to win a playoff game, and if you're of the mindset that this offense line really isn't that much better, that last play isn't changing your mind. I blame the call more than Kirk. Yeah, you'd like to see him deliver the ball past, but I, I think you laid it out perfectly. The play call just wasn't wasn't good. It wasn't what you needed at that time. And frankly, with Justin Jefferson, they didn't do what they needed all game long. You know, he had six catches out of the gate right away, and you know, uh, Greg Olson, who I think is really good as a commentator. I think he's really good, too. Uh, yeah. right, making the point, and he was spot on that, yeah, they're getting the ball, but they're getting the ball to him on you know, in the way that the Giants want him to get the ball. Short catches, everything's in front, and they've got a guy on him like that. You know, KOC made one. his bones last year by, you know, okay, well, we've got Cooper Cup. We know you're going yep. to be all over him. Guess what? We're still going to get him open, and he's still going to get him run, get run. Uh, they didn't get that done with Jefferson yesterday at all, including on the final play. Very, very good point. So this is where KOC, I mean, listen, KOC hired Donatel. KOC set up that play call. In the second half, Justin Jefferson had one more catch than Dave Harrigan. In the fourth quarter, they had the same amount of catches. And KOC, the offensive guru, when his club is down 31-24, didn't have one chance with the ball. They had two chances. And they received the benefit of the doubt of a horrendous roughing the quarterback call 
and still didn't get it done. So when you're blaming people, the head coach absolutely is not off the hook. MLK Day. Poll from The Economist and YouGov as we're playing Sade all afternoon long for bumper music. We're out 30, er, 30 minutes early. Wolves in Utah. By the way, you want to feel worse about the Gobert trade? Just watch Walker Kessler. He's going to be – he might be a great player eventually. I thought he was going to be good. No, he's already very good. And uh, I think – oh, yeah, that's right. The Wolves uh, drafted him. They're going to have right now Walker Kessler and Nas Reed backing up Carl Towns as opposed to giving up 700 draft choices for Rudy. Do you think MLK's birthday should be a federal holiday? I'm a Yes. For what MLK did, what he symbolized, race relations in this country, slavery in this country, the amazing progress we've made, the stunning amount of progress we still need to make. I get the concern of how many federal holidays you can have. To me, MLK absolutely should be a federal holiday. Again, this is from The Economist and YouGov. Simple question. Do you think MLK's birthday should be a federal holiday? 55% responded yes. 24% responded no. And another 21% saying they were not sure. I was shocked by those numbers, Arrogant. Are you or is this about what you expected? No, I think that's... That's very interesting. Only 55%, you say? Yes. Uh, wow. Um, I would have, I certainly wouldn't have thought it was, uh, you know, we we're going to get up to 100% or even 90 but if you had asked me today, I would have said, yeah, probably about two-thirds of Americans, a good 66 67%. Well, how about, how about these numbers? Because the, the story where I saw they were profiling Republican numbers, and they're, they're lower than the Democrats, but I think you can make an argument on this, too. Black respondents. Should MLK Day be a holiday? 77%, yes. 10% no, 14% weren't sure. I would have guessed higher. How about Democrats? 74% yes. 12% no. 14% not sure. Republicans, 39% yes. 37% against it. 23% not sure. Why? Tell me, text me or call. Why are you against it? And are you as surprised as we are that the numbers aren't higher if you were against this day honoring martin luther king jr what he meant to civil rights in this country i got it like all of us a flawed human being let's all raise our hands if we're not a flawed human being that's no one 
the absolute hell his life was and people close to him as he pursued something as simple as equal treatment, no matter if my skin color is just a little darker than yours. The racist filth he had to put up with, his life ending way too early. So we went a little longer, so I want to pause here on the on the previous thing. If you're against today as a federal holiday, tell me why. You can tell me through a phone call or you can tell me through a text, your call, either way. I am surprised the numbers are as high as they are. And the government spending one and what it costs us, I'm a little dubious of that, considering what's our deficit now? 32 trillion, and now we're drawing the line on this particular issue? Really? 651-461-9226. Dave Harrigan, I, uh, I wasn't paying attention. You just told me what time we're out. And I was reading the text. Did you say 5635 or 5735? Seven. Seven, Chad. Seven. Very nice. How about a little more Sade here? Smooth operator. Did you almost hit the post there? I was close. Are we ever going to have Remy versus Carter again? And maybe even bonus Weasel? Can we set that up for the next uh, few weeks at some point? Oh, you want Weasel involved too? I don't know. I mean, this is getting very interesting. Does Carter, well, need, does Carter need backup on his side then? Because that's kind of a two, to, two against one, and we already know it's not even fair when it's one against one. I I just want him further embarrassed, don't you? That would help things, yeah. I mean, normally the way Adam is most embarrassed is he hosts a show. <laughs> but, but he'll be Rod Irons again, now against two heavyweights. All right, on MLK. A um, couple more... Um, Lighthearted text, completely in favor of MLK holiday, but we'll never have equality amongst races until we have MLK mattress sales. <laughs> uh, hello, Chad. Of those in favor of MLK Day, how many want it because it's a paid day off from work from those who would really celebrate the day? We have other national holidays, Dave. How many people just use that as a day just to relax? I don't think there's an automatic checklist that you have to be, you know. There's a lot of people on the 4th of July who are just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Or Memorial Day. Or Veterans Day. If within those days they want to take a small amount of time, a major amount of time, and, and honor what this is all about, Good on them. But I don't think, the, I mean, listen, if we just said it was just to get a day off, Dave, we might to get to uh, 365 federal holidays. <laughs> Memorialize a lot of folks. I think there's a lot of people, and so often myself included, that when they hear Memorial Day, they think kick off to summer barbecue. And, oh, that's right, there's the that whole other thing, too. Um, 
But, yeah. And also, don't think we don't have mattress sales going on today. I saw an article, I can't remember where it was from, but the 50 greatest deals you'll find for MLK Day. Did you really yes. see that? Where yes. it's an MLK Day theme sale? Oh, yeah. It, you know, all the stores. Here's the, you know, the coupon code you get to get, you know, 25% off your purchase on whatever online. Yes. Oh, there's absolutely oh. MLK Day sales going on. <laughs> I missed that. I will not miss overrated, underrated, properly rated. That is early next hour. For you, if you have any questions about your windows, as it's uh, 1257, I want you to reach out to Lindis and find out about those infinity windows. Great way to go. Do it maybe during this break.